0: Welcome back to another episode of Be Here For A While. I have a guest that I know you guys are going to be so excited about. I'm super excited that he's here. He's one of the funniest guys I know. He's a super accomplished voiceover host, stand-up comedian. He has been headlining since 2007, I think I heard on another podcast. Um, He had his first comedy special come out last year. It was a huge success called Neurotic Gangster. It was one of my favorite comedy specials I have seen. He has a hit show on the Game Show Network in its fourth season. That's correct. Called Idiot Test. Mm-hmm. He was also on Chelsea Lately and the, what was her, After Lately? What was her? After Lately. Yeah. After Lately. Yep. And uh, you've just done a ton of shit that we're going to talk about. I don't feel like reading <laughs> your entire resume because we would never start talking.
1: Fair enough. Because you've been People crushing can it. can just Google that.
0: Yeah. This is the very funny Ben Glebe.
1: Hello, Rachel.
0: Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me in your home.
0: You're welcome. Sorry it's so Persian.
1: It is a little Persian style, and I grew yeah. up in... This town, so I'm very familiar with that decor, gold sconces. Would you have
0: noticed it if I wouldn't have brought, pointed it out? I wouldn't have
1: said anything about it, would have noticed but it. But then
0: you would have, like, told people later, like, you've been to Rachel's house? I would have like been
1: a- like, is Rachel Persian? <laughs> yeah, is Rachel confused. part Persian? <laughs> Which would is confusing. I mean, I know you're not Persian because I, I have a radar for it. I have two Persian ex-girlfriends, two Persian oh, Muslim yeah. ex-girlfriends.
0: Your current one is she per- she was she's, she's Colombian she's and she's
1: Colombian and part Lebanese. She's very pretty. Thank you so much. I met his girlfriend she last weekend last weekend. Yeah, we all hung in Indio.
0: Yeah, I really liked her a lot.
1: Thanks. She liked you a lot. You guys bonded.
0: We'll be friends.
1: I think you should. Give me your phone number. I will do that. <laughs> Hit her up randomly. She would love it.
0: Um so uh when did you when did you know that you wanted to be a comedian or in the entertainment industry? I like to interview a little bit, by the way. Please. We can talk about random shit, but I feel like my listeners want to hear about who you are.
1: I love that. I love that. I love that you said I'm a voiceover host. I don't even know what that means. I but said artist, I you thought. You said host, but it's cool. I did? Pretty sure. Whoa. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm going to sound like an asshole calling you out on something you didn't say wrong, but I'm pretty sure you said voiceover host. I'm
0: not even sure if voiceover artist would have been the right thing. That would have worked. Yeah.
1: Whenever you throw artist on, no one's going to get offended by that what's premise. The, what's you can hear me okay, too, right? Because it's super yeah. low in my thing.
0: What's the, uh, what is the actual term that I should be using? I think
1: voiceover artist is the term that they use. So I believe that's So correct. I said
0: it Right. Unless no, I said, you said host. Voice over okay, host. whatever. We'll figure think, it out. I think look, I'm very
1: curious to play this back now. Was well, our first fight? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry and a comedian both from about 6 or 7 years old. Really? How would yeah. you know?
0: What got you like into it?
1: I just was fascinated by it. My parents made the great mistake of I had a bedtime like any child, but I didn't ever have to turn the TV off mm-hmm. in my room. So I just That's was a night owl awesome. since I was a child. Oh, and yeah, I
0: you do like play. to stay up late. Always. It's your parents' fault.
1: It is my parents' fault. And so I, t- I even back when, at that age, I was up to like 12, 1, 2 a.m. <laughs> watching like SNL and SNL reruns and SCTV and Kids in the Hall and all those things. And Johnny Carson was my favorite. And so I just, yeah. dis- and, and then I discovered when I was around, the, maybe around 10 or 11, discovered a George Carlin audio cassette of his stand-up. Mm-hmm. And I knew then I wanted to be a stand-up, but I knew from all the other stuff I wanted to be in TV and be a TV host. And
0: yes. I always wanted to do it. So I knew uh, I knew from uh, Barry Katz's podcast that I'd listened to it with you that you basically started your own sort of TV show in college. Yes. How did you even know how to do that?
1: I don't know. I just I just studied. I just know. You know, like I said, I watched Johnny Carson. I was obsessed with late night talk shows. Always wanted to have one. Mm-hmm. And so I went to college, and they had a TV station. They had actually five in my school because each sub college at UCSD had their own had their own TV station. And I just thought, cool. I'm gonna make a late night TV show. I'm just gonna have my own late night talk show.
0: That's just really ambitious for a college student. Most college students are just like going to frat parties and
1: yeah. Were I you did just that not too. super social? Oh no, I was super social. I was insanely social. I just did all of it. I just was like, I didn't. What I didn't do was I didn't work on my schoolwork at uh-huh. all. <laughs> Never went to class on time. My freshman year of 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 college, my. Only class on Tuesdays was a 4:40 p.m. class on Tuesday and Thursday, and I almost—I was late to it most weeks from sleeping in.
0: Did you? Did you graduate?
1: Oh yeah, with honors. In The oh, honors thesis very program. Smart. I don't know about that, but I know that I there's a man there's a man lurking I, I in hate, front of your window. This is
0: why I never leave the window open because I get distracted by people walking yeah. by. But then it's really dark when I don't, mm. and then it just seems even more
1: Persian then. Yeah. Walking to a Persian yeah. palace and it's dark I and the chandelier. I got
0: hookah out. Is that even a Persian thing? Bro,
1: come in. Yes, you, s- you smoke <laughs> hookah. It's <laughs> very good. Different distributed These different mouthpieces. Completely sanitary, bro. <laughs> you come inside. It's a great deal, buddy. Maybe
0: that's what your gift is going to be on your way out. Maybe I just give you hookah stuff.
1: Do I get know. gifts on the way out? No. Oh. You gave
0: me gifts, but.
1: Yeah, I brought you gifts. Uh, that's, uh, that's interesting how that works. Well, I'm your guest. <laughs> I bring you gifts. What do I get? Nothing.
0: I was networking on your behalf last week. Oh, that's a
1: good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, so I forgot what I was saying.
0: So were your parents worried when you were like, oh, you were getting good grades. Oh, so so. yes.
1: No, I was getting fine grades. Yeah. I mean, my parents not only were they not worried. My mom wrote some papers for me in college. Really? My mom was, my parents are incredibly supportive. My mom literally would just write a paper if I didn't want to write it. But she'd handwrite it, and that frustrated me because I had to then retype it. And, oh, I'm and she, sorry. It was tough. <laughs> she's
0: like, she's your assistant. It was
1: tough. I had to retype. I couldn't read her writing sometimes. had to call her to explain what she wrote, or she'd dictate it on the phone oftentimes. But she would read, read the book for me and write the paper.
0: How awesome were your parents? Oh, they're the I feel like you greatest. must credit them for a lot of your success I sport. mean, they've been
1: supportive in every way possible. Um, They just dropped me off at your podcast here today, and I'm a grown man. Do they live in L.A.? They do. They live like a mile from me.
0: Oh, do they normally just drive you around?
1: No, but I'm going to my parents. This is so embarrassing that this is coming out (laughs) now, but I'm going to the dentist after this, and it's for a consultation for a thing. And my parents are like, we want to come. And I'm like, (laughs) you Like you're you're getting your appendix out or something. They wanted to come and hear what the doctor has to say, so. That's so really cute. I mean, my me. parents
0: are very sweet like that, but they're, they're certainly not writing papers for me.
1: Yeah, she, did. she didn't did do it that often, but she did it sometimes. So Were I was doing fine, but then I, I just had this late night talk show, so I just wouldn't do it that often. I would do it a few times a quarter, mm-hmm. and then I would do this huge live Glebe show at the end of the year at UCSD, um, outdoors, that like. So not so only cool. did I like write and direct it and host it and edit it and shoot all these pre taped bits and book guests and do monologues and do live desk bits and singing numbers and all this shit, and had a house band, a full late night talk show. I also promoted the thing. I also got the funding for the thing. I also, with zero technical knowledge of television whatsoever at this time, figured out, like no one had done an outdoor broadcast in our school's history. Mm -hmm. I literally was just up, wake up in the middle of the night thinking like what cable needs to go into, what adapter, what thing, and I figured out like, we had to rent 200-foot-long video cables to run out of the TV station, down the side of the res hall, into the front of the quad, where we could run it into the stage we were building. So you learned
0: to do all this yourself? I
1: learned to do all of it. So then I became the station manager my sophomore year. And then I I, I had two TV shows my, first, my freshman year. The Glebe Show it was just a talk show, more formal. And then... The whatever live show, which was just like a live call in show, we would take calls, and I got to practice my improv for years. Did that for all four years, and then did the Glee show. it has got to be such
0: years. good, like, such a good workout. It was amazing. And how then were it all you built like to the finding very all end. the funding and booking it? Like how how did how were you doing that?
1: I just did it. Like I realized that colleges are like they're good warm up for real life, but they're not real because. There's just it's just like a very protected, supportive environment, which is not how the real world is usually. Oh, yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> <Good> <laughs> so point.
1: there's all this money and there's there's funding for different organizations. They want to put money in the things. So like uh, I would just cool. go so to like was through the,
0: the school was not you didn't go get like private investors or something.
1: No, but it was so I'd get like s- different groups on campus, campus life to give me some money. These people. But I also went to the Marines mm-hmm. and I said, can you give me money? My my junior year, the third annual live Glebe show, the Marine sponsored the show gave $1,000 towards the budget, and brought me into the show on a tank in the middle of our school campus. That is so cool. In front of cool. a couple thousand people that they brought the tanks up from Camp Pendleton. They had to bring two together down the highway, light armor vehicles. And did
0: this help you get a lot of girls in college? It's <laughs> not really. It's weird. It's surprising.
1: The fraternity helped a bit. I feel like I
0: would have liked someone that came in on a tank and had their own show. That's
1: a good point. That show helped. Yeah. That, that helped. I did find the show's helped. I mean, it's really sad because I don't think I've probably gotten girls in my life without them knowing me from some performance type thing.
0: Yeah, well, you do what you gotta do. You do what you gotta do. That's...
1: Okay. You gotta, you know, you gotta use the tools God gives you. Yeah. And, uh...
0: Athletes use the same thing. No one's
1: confusing me for Brad Pitt in the street, so you have <laughs> to use whatever you can. <laughs> it's and uh you don't have to say that's true you can say <laughs> it's not true and
0: No you're very handsome but oh, like everyone uses you. like what they what they have like mm-hmm. you're handsome and you're very talented oh, all right so you use both so of them. Nice.
1: that's the athlete. gift i leave here with the gift <laughs> of confidence, confidence given go. by you but um yeah like my my so i did get dates after those sh- uh, like from the even the live call in show girls would call in and flirt and stuff like that i just didn't have like The best I was in love with this girl for many years that went sour and never really panned out. And it was a waste of my focus and time. So I probably didn't focus on other girls as much as I should have. But my senior year, my fourth annual live Glebe show, there were three thousand students in the crowd. Carmen Electra was my guest. It was a fifteen thousand dollar budget. I just figured all this shit out. I'm like, I I, I got a fifteen thousand dollar budget knowing I wanted to give ten of that thousand to the guest. And so I just started calling, cold calling Hollywood agencies. And Scott Mantell, who was the head of the student body, uh-huh. he was the student body president, I believe. Or if not, he was in charge of the funding for a lot of the shows. He and I worked together, and he's now the head of UTA, randomly. And um,
0: He worked at your college?
1: Yeah, we were in college together. We went to college oh, at, you at were the same here. time. Oh, okay. So we were both students, and so he helped me, and he and I were like cold calling call, uh Talent agencies. I remember finally when we got Carmen Electra's agent on on the phone um, and I said, look, we're going to pay her $10,000, but we're going to drive her up in a nice luxury vehicle of one of our staff members, not a fancy car. We'll drive her back in a town car. We're trying to save money. And and, um, she has to do an interview. It'll be 20 minutes live on stage in front of a crowd and a pre-taped sketch with me. I had all these terms she had to uh, do, oh a God. sketch that I write. Here's the idea for the sketch. She's going to pretend like she's a big fan of mine and all this stuff. <laughs> and the agent, I list all these things, and the agent says to me, you're in college? And I go, yeah. And he goes, this is very impressive. This is very impressive. Like your sales ta- skills? Yeah. He
0: probably was trying to offer you a job at the agency. I guess.
1: And he's like, I'm going to talk to Carmen. I'll get back to you. And then I'm about to leave for spring break in Mexico, and I get a call. Carmen lectures in, and I'm like, oh, the final quarter of college will be good. They're pu- posters up all over campus and flyers I put just said Carmen Electra is coming
0: you had like the coolest college experience ever it was pretty good you created it yourself it's not like it was that easy. I guess I even
1: had my own class the last two years Glebe show 198 I was able to give my friends four units to work on the Glebe show they said to write a three-page paper there in the corridor so I had a personal assistant a personal trainer I had friends literally just running errands whatever I needed to get done and
0: I didn't realize you were like this impressive (laughs) oh that's very
1: sweet thank you and that was my honors thesis was about the show I did in college what I learned from it and I called it called it the Glebe show taking a real life dream to the reality of Hollywood and like could I make it in Hollywood after I made it in the microcosm of UCSD (laughs)
0: it's amazing how do you how did you develop the skills I was just thinking about when you called that agent where maybe you just had a lot of confidence at 17 18 years old how were you? confident enough to demand these terms instead of just feeling like oh god i just hope she does it and whatever she wants i think i just
1: understood how hollywood works i how think how did I just, you know i that? don't know just from like media from like maybe jay moore's show action he played an agent maybe from jerry Maguire, he played an agent he played a lot of agents yeah, um yeah. a lot of jay moore agents what guided my niche. life it really is his niche role <laughs> you, he's playing it now in that. a carl's junior commercial i think is he's playing he? the reprising the bob sugar character that's hilarious um I just understood how the business worked. I realized you had to like kind of hold your ground and state your terms and be confident and and uh I also knew that just in general the basic economic concept you're paying somebody ten thousand dollars, you can ask for a couple things,
0: yeah, but ten thousand isn't i mean like an incredible amount like there's no you know, I mean nowadays people can get ten well they can get a lot more than that, but let's say someone I don't know what she's taking but you can get ten thousand for one Instagram post, yeah. And I really you're not need having you to, like to put me in
1: contact with more of your of your connections because I'm not getting paid a dollar for my Instagram posts. I do it all for the love of the game, so yeah, that's incredible. But um, I, I mean, guess I'm not, tr- but I have right. friends that do. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, they probably have way more followers than both of us. But um,
0: oh, I don't know what yours are. I don't know
1: it's not the amount that warrants ten thousand dollars <laughs> a post. I assure you that. I'm doing like mini movies on my Instagram story like every other day, like narrative yeah. storylines, out of the box creative things just for free, I'm putting most <laughs> of my creative focus into it. I've really gone downhill from organizing a show for thousands of people to like, Making let me just take my video. phone and make five second videos of me playing the kazoo like a fucking asshole.
0: I've made a video with you at your house before.
1: Mm hmm. Remember what it was?
0: Let- yeah, we were in the pool and. Oh, yeah, We were uh, trying to get I think you were trying to get us to watch you just do things. Yes, yes, yes. See, yeah.
1: I thought that would be funny to play an idiot guy who needs attention. So I'm in my own pool at my house, and there are all these hot girls in my pool, and I'm like, hey, hey, watch, watch. And I'm just, like, doing like (laughs) underwater swimming or, like, grabbing treasures under the water. And I pop up, and I'm like, and I told you guys to be, like, act really annoyed and unimpressed with with, with me. Yeah. And you did that really well. Too effectively, perhaps. (laughs) Well, it's not (laughs) that impressive. (laughs) And And then half of it was on your, I think, Instagram. Half of it was on Jacqueline's, and half of it was on mine but on mine people hopefully get that i'm being an idiot Yeah. But on yours i realized subsequently i just si- asked them <laughs> to put a video on theirs that makes it look like i'm an idiot and an no, asshole no it's funny do you think your people got it yes, or do you of think course. they realized yeah they didn't think I actually was trying to get the attention. You're like, oh my god, no. I gotta film this. No. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I think so. Thank God.
0: It's no. It it's nothing worse like a than bit. getting getting your performance art confused
1: for being a loser. Let's, yeah. No. 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 Those are different. It things. It seemed
0: like a bit. It didn't seem like we were just at a random pool, like making fun of some dude. Okay. Good. And I wouldn't do that anyways.
1: This is why I retired. Part of why I finally retired my eggnog thing Which, that what I would, would do at the improv thing? every year because people don't. When you try to be Andy Kaufman. Yeah. The problem with Andy Kaufman, like I love him, he's such a true artist to yeah. the end. People never knew if he was kidding or not. Yeah. So it doesn't actually help your career because people just yeah. think you're crazy.
0: I I I I think like that kind of humor is brilliant, but it is confusing. I feel like comics love it because we know that he's, but I think half no of the audience it. just doesn't isn't getting it.
1: Right, and like nothing shocks us, so that shocks us, and you can yeah. see that. So Wait, would, what was your eggnog? For every with? year for ten years at the Improv around Christmas. On the Comedy Juice show, I would teach the audience how to make a proper eggnog, and it would entail me getting beyond plastered on stage, like an an unhealthy, very dangerous amount of alcohol I would consume, and I would bring props, and I would throw shit at the audience, i get very angry and belligerent, I would run the light by about 40 minutes, I'd stand on the stage for about an hour. And every time, and just I'd have special guests come cameo in it. I had Ron Jeremy play beautiful piano music. I think this one time. sounds really fun. Oh, it was so fun. Jeff Ross and Craig Robinson cameoed one time.
0: Did they think that? Did the audience just think you were having like a breakdown or something? That's
1: the problem. Is like people that got it came and like loved it and like were the diehard fans of it, and it's part of what made this like amazing Esquire article that they wrote about me years ago. Um,
0: That's pretty cool. Esquire wrote an article about you. That's awesome. But they called
1: me one of the next big things in comedy. It was pretty insane. That's amazing. Um, it was for their website, and the list of of six people was bananas. Who was it? Oh my, it's so ridiculous! That I was in this company. It was the first time that I felt like so beyond validated. I was like, oh man, maybe I really have like established myself to some degree where I can like stick around for a while. The other five on the list of the next comics who could be the next big thing in comedy was David Cross. Aziz Ansari, wow. Dimitri Martin, Flight of the Concords, and Patton Oswald. That's incredible. I know the list because it's in my bio, and
0: <laughs> it's also you framed it and put I it. I framed
1: on there. it. Yep, wow. I have it on a pillowcase, embroidered.
0: <laughs> it's the <laughs> one you sleep
1: on. It is. But so, and randomly, I ran into that guy. Now we're friends. We became friends like like about a year ago on a boat. I was performing on the Summit at Sea boat. And was Wait, the guy that wrote the article? Yeah, I'm at the bar in the boat. And there's this really nice guy with a beard next to me, smiles at me. And he goes, Ben Glebe. I go, hey. He goes, I'm Jeff Miller. I go, who's that? He goes, the guy that wrote 10 years ago this Esquire article about you. And I'm like, no shit. And he's like, I wrote this article with the other five guys who are like more established and like guys. Yeah. And then my, my editor's like, we need you to discover somebody who you think could be the next one to fit in with those guys. Yeah. And he, he gone on my eggnog thing for like three years in a row and loved it and loved my stand up. That's so awesome. So he chose me for it.
0: So the eggnog thing was effective. I
1: guess it was in that one little way.
0: Also, it f- seems like Jeff Miller was maybe looking for you to say thank you to him.
1: I just threw a drink in his face and I said, you've changed me. <laughs> yeah, know I <laughs> love not the guy. But are your friends with him? Gave him a huge hug. Yeah, we're totally buddies. He has a show right now that just debuted in, called Trip Testers on? on, I think, Travel Channel or something like that. So he's uh, in front trip of the testers. camera now? Yeah, he's in front of the camera. First time he uh, goes on vacations and reviews them. That's really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... The eggnog thing though, eventually, like a lot of people, like my last one ended, and a lot of them are on YouTube. You can see them. Mm-hmm. Just search Glebe and Eggnog or Glebe drunk, <laughs> Glebe plastered.
0: I think that's what I'm gonna do right when you leave.
1: It's pretty fun. There's a lot of them on there, some of them from like different angles. People will kind of bootleg videos. And um last one ended with me breaking a martini glass on my head and did it I mean, cut your head? Listen, it was not pl- it was not pleasant.
0: The head bleeds a lot. Did it bleed?
1: No, it's a thin, a wisp it's a pretty wispy glass. Okay. It's a thin you know, tortilla chip-esque glass. Yeah,
0: yeah. But still. Didn't I feel bleak. like I feel like they're probably not the, like, really fancy thin ones at the improv. I feel like they're probably the thick, janky ones, though. Mm-hmm. It's just my
1: guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not investing in, like, delicate, yeah. fine wear, that's but for But you, so sure. you didn't hurt your head. No, it hurt. It hurt. But it didn't cut. It, it did not bleed.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's, that's, that's exciting.
1: Yeah. So uh, I retired it because I realized, like, I'm not in my 20s anymore, and I'm trying to, like, build a serious career, and I'm on the Today Show, and I... Talk politics, and I go on CNN, and I don't know Maybe that I should. Maybe you don't
0: want someone to Google you and find that.
1: Yeah, and think, is he also a, a raging alcoholic?
0: <laughs> <with> <laughs> You're a like, yes, but I would like to keep that private. <laughs>
1: exactly. Who publicly displays this for the <laughs> world. So I decided 10 years was a good round number to end it on. That's good. I had a 10 shaved into my beard for that. For that. Did for you that. actually? Oh, I did. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I want to go back to when you, okay, so you finished college at the height of uh, your Carmen Electra moment. Mm-hmm. You moved to L.A. like right after college.
1: I spent the summer in San Diego. I wanted one last summer to enjoy. Yeah. Not pursuing this incessant dream.
0: So then you moved to L.A. Did you have to have a side job or did you you have like parents that kind of supported you? My parents
1: helped me out a little bit, but I definitely had side jobs. I never have had a real job, which is weird, Mm -hmm. but I I haven't either. Really?
0: Nope never worked in an office
1: we i've never i did work in no one in, in my PR family actually office. has really uh-huh. wow that's unusual well
0: actually i i've had internships in offices but i wasn't getting paid for them what do
1: your parents do
0: my my parents own a logging company. Like, really? Yeah. And then my si- uh, my sister owns a dance studio. So we've never worked for other people, really.
1: I've never known someone um, to own a logging company.
0: Yeah, well, it's an organ thing. By
1: the way, you know, earlier when I said I couldn't hear myself, my ear was just not on my ear. Oh, okay. The side I that has my yeah, voice was, like, was in my ear. I was like ear. looking
0: to turn it up and I was I like, no, we're hear already loud. <laughs> okay. it's very
1: weird. I'm sorry about that. But um, logging is pretty cool. Yeah, we you replant have great the trees. Just so you things. Know. Oh, you do? What do you mean, yeah. you replant the trees?
0: So they cut them down and then they replant them. It's like tree farming almost. I just hate Ooh. like saying it and having people be like, oh my It'd God, be you're killing the environment. By... Yeah. It, you so need. You'd
1: replant them. You take yeah. what's just like a stump and you put it in the ground and it starts a new tree again?
0: Well, I don't. No, I you think, think the it's roots. probably a seed. I don't think my dad's actively replanted. They probably have a company that does it. But yes, for every tree they cut down, they have to replant one.
1: That's really for everyone. That's a beautiful story. Yeah, that's nice. They should, if they planted two for everyone. It then they'd be actually improving the world, if you thought about that.
0: Well, there might not be enough room for it. Like, you can't have two trees on top of each other, then that may not be usable trees, because then they would rot, and then I don't think dead. anybody
1: set on top of each other, firstly, secondly. <laughs> well, I'm
0: just if the forest is already spaced out in the proper way.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I've ever heard the issue being, like, there's not enough room for the trees we want to plant. Have
0: you been to Oregon?
1: Oh, in Oregon? Yeah. You can know that across state lines with this repurposing program?
0: <laughs> well, oh, well, I mean, no, because the company is based out of Oregon.
1: You can't just send a guy with a... S- with a Satchel of seeds, a little Johnny Appleseed character. Well, they should be doing the that. Border.
0: They should just be planting trees everywhere. Yeah. There's a lot of land. Maybe it's not really like a good place for trees to grow, though. Who knows?
1: People plant trees in my name every year for Christmas. Supposedly, I get a card saying, you've had a tree planted for you in Israel. Like, and I'm what like, a great gift. Is that true?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Did they really actually follow through with that?
1: I'd almost rather you have a star after me. Or is this a paper a company? For really? yeah. yeah. On a paper card. Yeah. They've sent that to me in the mail. We've yeah. planted a tree.
0: I think it's a scam.
1: It might be very likely a scam. Uh, Who knows? All right. I so forgot <laughs> the question you asked me, but it <laughs> led to that. Uh, oh, jobs, regular yeah, jobs. Yeah, you've never,
0: like, worked in an office or had a I, real
1: job. I had an internship at a PR company that, like, represented Quentin Tarantino and all these people. So that was interesting job, and got to see that part of the business. That was during college, too. But after college, my first job was as a motivational speaker for high school students.
0: So you've always just had cool jobs.
1: Yeah, because that was super cool. I got to, like, get crazy experience, for, again, performing and speaking to, like, the worst crowds. The people yeah. that do not want to be in the How did assembly. you get that gig?
0: Did you find like a motiv- motivational speaking agent in LA right away? No, I just
1: had a heroin problem that I like cultivated for years that I could hit rock <laughs> bottom with and then talk about.
0: <laughs> how would you book the gigs?
1: Uh, no, it, it wasn't that kind of motivational speaking. It was monster.com had this company called Making It Count. Mm-hmm. And they would train speakers to go to high schools and teach high school kids how to like make the most of their high school experience, how to apply to college, make sure they took it seriously, make sure they got it right. Yeah. Um. So we did that my best friend Jason and I did that together uh, we were both speakers for this company and then I sometimes was like five high school auditorium uh, speeches back-to-back in one day it was very hard oh. it's like five hours of intense speaking
0: was there ever a time where you were like holy shit I'm broke and like I'm like maybe I sh- this shouldn't be what I'm doing or were you always just kind of gradually progressing and yeah just always, and doing
1: always kind of gradually progressing at the same time as a motivational thing, Jason Nazar and I was now a big successful tech CEO and, Mm -hmm. you know, sold his company for like $50 million. So he's doing Uh a lot better than I am. But, um, (laughs) he and I, Oh, is he the
0: one that you do comedy juice and laughs?
1: No, that's Scott Richardson. Okay. But he's a tech person, right? He's also a tech person that started laugh stub and sold his company for huge amounts of money as well. But, um, I, uh, Started with Jason A. He was a hypnotist for a while before he became a tech CEO. Wow. And so we did a we started a company called a show called Stand Up and Sleep. And we'd go to college campuses and we'd sell this show. And we would do I would do a half hour stand up show and I would open for him doing an hour and a half st- uh, hypnosis show after that. And it was called Stand Up and Sleep. And we had to like sell it. So we would work out of his dad's office, and. And uh, I hated cold calling the colleges. I yeah. just I couldn't stand that. I do not like work in an office. I can't bear yeah. it. I just can't. It makes me want to like tear my hair out. It's so depressing. So we are business ended up falling apart because we couldn't agree on what percentage I would get if I stopped making the calls, mm-hmm. even in general. At first I was not even making 50 50. I was making like I think maybe 30 or 27 percent just because my show was a shorter.
0: Oh, like, okay, but man, you were still doing the same amount of work to same get out of work. I'm like, yeah. What is that
1: about? But he's a savvy businessman, as you can see. He now runs companies, so yeah. he knew what he was doing. How old were you we're when you friends.
0: booked your first uh, TV gig? Whew. How far into living in L.A.?
1: So one little more detail that adds into how it gets there is um, I also then with Scott, the other guy that you just mm-hmm. mentioned, started producing college night, the Laugh Factory uh-huh. on Tuesday nights. It was Gleeb's College Comedy, then became College Night. How old were you then? This was twenty three, twenty four. Pretty young. And um and we're doing it every week. That's what became Comedy Juice. Oh, okay. And so I
0: And is that around when you started doing stand up or were you already doing stand up in college?
1: I was not doing stand up in college. I'd done it once or twice, uh-huh. but plus monologues of my talk show. But I really started doing it after college. So, yeah, about one year into doing stand up, I was offered this Laugh Factory show. And then but it gave this amazing stage. I was starting on like week one of that show. I'm performing weekly. Jay Masada always let me do as much time as I wanted between comics and up top. So I'm doing like one year into stand up. I'm following weekly. Dane Cook, Dave Chappelle, Sarah Silverman, Daniel Tosh. Nick Swartz like the greatest people that wow, there that's are. It's a great way to learn. It was incredible. Like you gotta be good fast, but if you're good, you can get great really fast. Yeah. And so that's really how I got going. Um and I sold a version of the T V show I did in college, the Glebe Show, to the National Lampoon Network. It aired mm-hmm. to colleges around the whole country. And so that was my first T V game, but it wasn't real TV but It was, you know, closed circuit and small cable access. Mm -hmm. And we went into production on this full TV show and started doing that about one and a half years into maybe about two, a little less than two years into pursuing stand up and acting out here in L.A. Pretty impressive. And then not three or four months later, right around when the first episode or second of the Glebe show was about to premiere on the National Lampoon Network because of my Laugh Factory stand up show chalene decide the booker at the time of the late late show with craig Kilborn, was mm-hmm. putting the comics on to run their five minutes on my show at the factory every week mm-hmm. and he would see me killing every week and i think i was killing i mean he, yeah. w- he said it. it was his words he called me when they randomly out of the clear blue sky two and a half years into doing stand-up comedy and says would you like to be on the late late show in three weeks
0: that's incredible and i
1: literally screamed i was so happy and he's like dude you've been killing it you've earned it you
0: and so you already had it. like a clean five minute set then?
1: Oh yeah. What kind most of most of my stuff I think is is pretty clean or is cleanable. Yeah, is. I can Sorry, just take the f word out of it, but yeah. it's it's easy to. I don't tend to be as dirty as a lot of people. I yeah, I know your stuff bit, is pretty clean. Yeah, it's pretty clean.
0: It's smarter, I guess.
1: It's very sweet of you. Is it also handsome and <laughs> talented?
0: Yes. This is your. These are your gifts.
1: You are really generous. That's not when I asked for it.
0: It, I, you didn't ask for it the first time. You just asked for it the second time. It's just have a long reminder. Legs?
1: Can you say I have long legs? Uh,
0: yeah, I just had to move the coffee table mm-hmm. out because I felt guilty that you Thank were like you, you were
1: confined. Chamberlain-esque legs. I didn't want
0: to keep you caged there. That's sweet of you, Chamberlain-esque. That's a that's a basket uh, runner. Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. it's a basket runner. <laughs> basket mm-hmm. Wilt
1: the basket runner Chamberlain. That's exactly right.
0: Which what is he? He's a basketball player, okay, legendary, but also right. like But then, when I thought legs. of legs, I was like, "Is he a runner?"
1: He's the guy that was supposed to have slept with ten thousand women or whatever, a hundred thousand women, whatever number he claimed oh, it was. Jesus. Ten thousand, I think it was.
0: Did he? Did he get any serious diseases? I don't like think magic he did. No, no, I don't. That's think not think fair. He did. Magic didn't brag about that many women. It's
1: true, but at least Magic's HIV is like he has like Magic AIDS. Yeah, he's it's fine. Magical AIDS. Oh yeah, he's all set. His AIDS just improved his entrepreneurial skills.
0: I wonder if. I wonder if he has a hard time like finding people to sleep with him. Probably not. Probably not. But who would really do that? But it's
1: also well. There's like who would really? Th- but they say there's no amount of detectable HIV in his body anymore.
0: That's pretty crazy. And if you use a condom on or top of that, he might just that, be saying that so he can still <laughs> sleep with girls. <laughs>
1: he put that into the press. Yeah, he might hired just a be a good PR to plant move. That. Yeah, I don't know. I played a basketball, match on Johnson, one time. Wow. We didn't have sex.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. How did you really play basketball? Yeah, him?
1: it was incredible. How'd you do? I grew up here in L.A., so, like, he was my hero, you know? Mm-hmm. The Showtime Lakers were amazing. How did I do? Not great. But um, I didn't play, like, one-on-one with them, but I went to the sports club L.A. One morning, Jason invited me. He was a member there. It's just, like, a fancy club, mm-hmm. and they had to get there, like, 8 in the morning. I don't know how I ever went. I never get up that early. Yeah. And I went and to play ball in the Magic Johnson Gymnasium they have at sports club, and Magic was there playing in his own gym. And I just had to wait three games, and I got to play against Magic Johnson. How'd you do? So I wasn't guarding him. I was guarding the white guy on my team that, yeah. that was white. And I had some crazy interactions with him on the court. At one point, I set a screen on Magic Johnson, <laughs> and, and Magic couldn't get around it. The guy on my team hit a three, so that was pretty good. Whoa. And then at another point, Magic passed the ball across court to a guy breaking away down court. I got my hand on the pass. Did not stop it. Is this
0: also on a pillow? That's in your a house? magical pass. Yeah. Oh no. No, you
1: I have so many bananas. Life experiences. I I would have so many pillows. It would be like a girl's bed. Well. You understand.
0: Well, why not? Well, you have a special like back room thing in your house or whatever that thing is. My hot room
1: slash speakeasy. Yeah. The you girls can, are a little creeped all the out by pillows in there. Yeah, that's true. I
0: mean, are they creeped out
1: by? I don't know. They like to joke that it's yeah. like a rape den or something, and I feel like that's not a funny topic. Yeah, that's <laughs> no? what I believe. Yeah. But the <laughs> girls like to say it. If a girl says it, it's okay. Yeah. And <laughs> and. uh and at one point then, the guy on my team was guarding Magic, who was backing the ball down from the top of the key. Mm-hmm. This was the craziest moment in the world. And um, the guy on my team goes in to try to steal the ball from Magic, try to be all bold, and Magic turns in under it. And so now he's open, completely open, from a little bit less than the top of the key, about to go up and put a shot up. And he's coming from low because he had to go under to move the guy. And I'm standing right there under the basket, And I have a clear chance to block Magic Johnson because he's coming from really down low. And I just run and I fucking jump and I smash the ball. Boom! Out of Magic's hands. The ball flies out of the court. I block him clean as fuck. He goes, foul. It's a foul. And I go, bullshit, Magic. That's a bullshit foul. I'm so pissed. And Magic's like, son, son, calm down. It was already a foul. (laughs) I called foul when your boy tried to steal me. You didn't. Hear me. Because you, you so, were so
0: excited about your big moment.
1: Yeah, so he was just fucking around. The play was dead. And he's just like going bloop. Like he's throwing like piece of trash into a wastebasket. And I go boom. And I reject Magic's fucking <laughs>
0: He wasn't even trying fuck at that around,
1: point. Not even in the games moment.
0: He sounds pretty funny. But
1: it still felt great.
0: Yeah. Even block, if it wasn't totally real. reject hero. Yeah, oh my God. But it wasn't totally real.
1: I mean, I still don't know if really what he's saying is true or if he was saying that to, 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 to save face. He was turning around, the play was move moving. He went up with a shot and I blocked it. I mean, he claims the play was dead. I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt because otherwise your dreams would die with your heroes. But, All right, that's true. But a big part of me believes it was in, in play.
0: How are you doing on time with your parents, the Lyft drivers? <laughs> Speaking of Lyft, Lyft is by far my favorite ride-sharing app that I use because Lyft believes that being a ride-sharing driver should be fun. If you're having a good time, so are the passengers. And truly, Lyft drivers are so much more fun and engaging and interesting than other ride-sharing apps. Um, The great thing about them is only Lyft offers in-app tipping. So when you drive for Lyft, you keep 100% of your tips. And drivers have been paid over $150 million in tips since the feature was introduced. That's insane. Also, Express Pay lets drivers get paid almost instantly instead of waiting weeks. Lyft also has even taken the guesswork out of pickups. The new AMP device uses color coding to help passengers find their drivers. You can also earn hundreds of dollars a week plus tips. So if you want to make more money, drive more. It's never been easier to give yourself a raise. It's a simple formula. Happy drivers means happy passengers. Maybe that's why 9 out of 10 Lyft rides get a perfect 5-star rating. I think you guys should all sign up if you have some extra time or you want to make some extra money to be Lyft drivers. So join the ride sharing company that believes in treating its people better. So go to lyft.com slash be here today and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. That's insane. That's lyft.com slash be here. Again, lyft.com slash be here. That's lyf tcom slash be here. This is a limited time only guys. Terms apply. So sign up for your $500 new driver bonus today. You were on the late night of uh, the late, late show. Yep. That was okay. So that was your first TV appearance. Yeah. Two years into a doing standup. 25th birthday. That's huge. Yep. did all the other comics hate you for getting success so early?
1: Uh, no, people to my face were very nice. I don't know yeah. if it's true. I mean, I did have I remember one. everybody was very nice. I remember Gene Pompa said to me after that set. he's like, it was a great set, man. Um, it took Ellen 4 years to find her voice. I don't know what he meant like I haven't found my voice yet or something or maybe he meant I found it early. I can't remember. That's really weird. Gene's a very nice man. Maybe he meant yeah, I he found is. it early. he's nice. Yeah. Maybe he meant I found it early.
0: And then and then um did you book Chelsea lately from from there?
1: I knew Chelsea a little bit from just stand up. Yeah. You know before she ever had any of her e-shows um we would just do some gigs together. I think I booked her on Comedy Juice a couple times and we'd one time, like socially gone out drinking in like a large mm-hmm. group. I think she actually had a little bit of a crush on my friend Scott mm-hmm. and we thought he was good looking or something. And um, then randomly at one day I get called in because Chelsea was about to have this show called Chelsea Lately. And and I guess she asked to bring me in to audition to be her announcer for the show. S- Mike Rock's job
0: that w- that wasn't on camera.
1: Correct. OK, just a voiceover gig. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I guess because I have a weird voice. And I'm a, I'm a voiceover host. I don't know if you're aware of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I know you were a voice of the sloth at Ice Age, which is huge. This is
1: true. This is true. One of the sloths, Marshall. Is that not, how you bought your Sid. house? <laughs> no, it's not how I bought my house. Oh. That was not a huge amount of money, really. I played Marshall the sloth, Sid's younger brother. Okay. It's only a few lines in Ice Age, Continental Drift, which was until Frozen came along and fucked us. It was the number one animated movie of all time internationally. It's pretty cool. Now we're number two.
0: All right. Well, not a bad place to it's be. It's not bad,
1: but Frozen. Yeah. It's just I've 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 a frozen spot in my heart for them. Yeah. I, never, I won't see it. I, I haven't seen it either. It. All
0: right. And now, now I'm really not it. going to. No, never gonna, watch it. Yeah.
1: Stand firm with oh, me. Yeah. Rise up. Yeah, yeah. yeah we rise up.
0: Are you singer, too? Yeah, I'm gonna oh. sing a little.
1: All right. I do a lot of some kazoo work. I do some singing, <laughs> and uh, so I went into audition to do the voiceover. And I was asking like a friend that was working there, somebody I knew. What is the show? They're like, we're gonna have panel every day, like people talking about pop culture things. And I'm like, I'd love to do that panel and they said I'd love for you to do that as well. Oh,
0: and I had a different
1: cool. manager at the time and I told him this and he didn't call for like several months very strangely. He didn't call you? Didn't call Chelsea lately oh. for several months to get me on. I could have been on from day one and he just why didn't did call. He not do I don't that. know. I don't know why. Did
0: you fire him after you found that out?
1: No, he fired me a couple about a year or so after that for some strange reason. Weird. um i wanted him to start doing things for me and he wasn't into that idea and so oh, he took me yeah. to lunch and dropped me oh it was the f- it was the first time we'd had lunch was when he dropped me it was it was interesting but he's a good man we're still friendly when we see each other interesting and um another legendary manager but i'm not gonna say his name anyway the point is okay i don't need to talk shit about anybody he was great He did. you good can things tell for me after too. the podcast Sure, he did good things for me too but just that one ball might have been dropped yeah and um and uh, so they finally, he finally called and they said, we'd love to have him on. So like three or four months into the run of Chelsea Lately, I went on. My first episode was with, I think, Doug Benson and Lonnie Love. Mm-hmm. And it just went really well. And they asked me back two months later and then a month later. And then I was on consistently every four or five weeks for the next seven years. And then at the end of the run, the last few years, I was on like every like three weeks. That's awesome. Like three to four weeks. I did like over 105 appearances or something.
0: Is that, did that help you get like a lot of your followers?
1: Big time. That was you know Chelsea, I'll be forever grateful because she and Michael Cox as well mm-hmm. for putting me on all those times. But Chelsea, you know, thanks to her believing in me and loving what I did on that show, and also being able to use me as a punching bag as well, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, ga- it made me a known in person. It was the yeah. first time that I was really like. Did
0: you get stopped on the street and stuff? Oh after yeah, that?
1: I mean, I would I would get recognized fairly often s- f- from about a year into that show wow. on, onward. I'd already had a show on NBC. I was one of the leads in this hidden camera primetime series that Ashton Kutcher produced called The Real Wedding Crashers. Uh The cast was Steve Byrne, who I just hung out with last night at Corey Feldman's concert. That's cool. That Chris Porter organized. Steve Byrne, Gareth Reynolds, Catherine Reitman, and Desi Lydic was now on The Daily Show. Oh. And we would crash real-life weddings. It was a primetime NBC hour-long show, but it was canceled very quickly and it was not a huge success so Chelsea is the first show that was a hit that I was a part of, and it really changed things and gave me a name in this business.
0: Did you go in when you were doing Chelsea with, like, was it pre-written jokes or was it?
1: It was a combination of both. We would get the topic sent to us. I think I might have been talking into my can for the last minute. I don't know if that's true. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I confused my can and my microphone. I'm I'm a professional.
0: Yeah, you are. Yeah. Well, I made you get up before like 4 p.m. I feel like That's it's a good point. Yeah, 1:30 might have been a little early for <laughs> you. A little for early you. for me. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, what it actually is, I had a big audition this morning for a pilot, and I I I have never been up that early. I okay, mean, so this worked horrendous. out for me that you had to
0: get up early, anyways. I
1: did Can you say I have nice hands?
0: They mm, mm, seem average. I okay, don't know. it's fine. And I, I'm just jealous of people bit. with nice hands because mine were ugly to begin with, and now that now half of one doesn't work. So
1: yeah, but your hands are very nice
0: they're not they're just average. they're fine yeah they're not like i mean they're not like I my say best it's feature. your best feature yeah no i mean but we all know what my fine. best feature is it's your face
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of good features oh thank you I appreciate face it. legs are some good choices right. here okay thank body you. in general all smile right. a smile that dazzles a lot of people say
0: no one said that to me a
1: lot of people say behind your back i don't think so. second you leave they're like your sure, smile really it dazzled up that room
0: i find that very hard to in, believe.
1: Twenty speakeasies. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I apparently you have gone to these.
1: Yo, you see that dame, she was dazzling. you on the way out? Yeah, you were drunk. You didn't know it.
0: Uh, well, that makes sense. You were
1: drinking, and you leave, and everybody's like, "That drunk gal sure had a dazzling smile."
0: If that were only true, the <laughs> drunk gal, the drunk out part is right.
1: <laughs> um, I forgot again when you asked me, but um, we were talking about something.
0: Oh, the topics. Would you? You would do oh, topics. Huh? They
1: would send us topics, kind of like At Midnight does. They would send you topics just mm-hmm. a few hours. Not even a few, like two hours before you had to be at the studio, Oh. maybe two and a half, and you had like an hour, basically an hour and a half, to write jokes at a frantic pace.
0: Did that freak you out the first time you did it?
1: Uh, the first time, probably a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but I'm used to it. I've always been pretty comfortable with my ability to improv, so yeah. So I wasn't so so freaked out. But then I would go in there and have my jokes and scribbled in unreadable writing, and then I would just kind of put them in your head as best you can because you couldn't have paper out there. Oh jeez. And then improvise as long as, as well as do your jokes, as well as get ready for Chelsea to just cut you off right before your punchline.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really? Did that happen all the time? It
1: happened quite often.
0: Did you guys ever call her out for it?
1: I did call her out for it uh, towards the end of the run. Yeah. She's a pretty intimidating force. Yeah. Towards the end of the run, she and I became good friends and I was able to like throw things back at her because we were like actual human friends. Yeah. But like in the beginning, she's always very friendly and very nice and very sweet, but, but she's an intense person. She has this like very like, I'm I'm I have my persona I'm out here to be fucking hilarious and to be myself and I'm not here to be polite that's for sure she's not on camera even if
0: it's her show it's her show yeah if she feels like she can have a better punchline by cutting you off then 100% that's what she
1: should do that's what what the brand was built on I mean of course you should do that I I loved it people always would would ask me like you know why does she hate you so much why does she make funny I'm like I love when she does that like I grew up Watching Johnny Carson and David Letterman loving when like Charles Grodin would go on and they mm-hmm. he would like fight with Dave. Yeah,
0: that, I like that. Kind I of thing. love that. Thing, yeah, that
1: kind of thing. I always wanted exactly that. I think it's like a comedy team between those two. Mm-hmm. So I think part of why Chelsea could have me back is I just played off of her giving me shit really well and made it enhance the comedy because you can tell I wasn't hurt. I was playing yeah. it in like a semi hurt kind of fun way. And I, I was happy to be her foil, you know? Yeah. Um, But it would she definitely would cut you off before punchlines a lot and then towards the end of the run I remember one time I was at her house and I was like Chelsea question you know you give a lot of shit on the, on the round table would you mind if I threw it back at you sometimes and she goes whoever said you couldn't and I was like well when you're walking down the hall with your like bravado and you're like ignoring people in the hallways because you're getting in your zone before the show it sort of
0: feels that maybe gives you're not the idea. someone you want to like fuck with exactly yeah.
1: and she's like feel free to throw it at me and so I started doing that a little bit more towards the end and that was really fun I bet that was. That was somewhat uh, very validating.
0: Do you feel like you would have maybe had even more followers off of off of that if social media was more popular then? Because yeah, that seems like. But something it that was pretty
1: popular. I mean,
0: how long was, ago was that?
1: It just ended two and a half years ago.
0: Oh really? Yeah. God, Chelsea I lately just do not have a good concept of time.
1: Oh no, for like mo- for like, I think Chelsea got on Twitter maybe like two two years into the seven year run. Mm-hmm. And then in almost instantly, she had, like, 4 million followers. Oh, Jesus. So this was in the area era of, era uh, of wow. social media. Like, yeah, there was one time. Yeah, I
0: guess so I just thought it was, like. So my numbers should have been
1: bigger. But for some reason, that show didn't translate amazingly to numbers. It did for the guys that were, like, on the cast for the girls. And guys that were on the cast and worked there every day and were on the mm-hmm. show, like, a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. Their numbers were better. But I was on, you know, on the round table every three or four weeks. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit less. But it was still amazing. Chelsea's still, you know. I remember w- one time I I met Susan Sarandon at Chelsea lately, and we had this like fun bond over ping pong. And she invited me to the opening of her ping pong thing. And and she um, had a ping pong thing? She's a big ping pong impresario.
0: What's that? What's you don't an know impresario? about? She's
1: like a big ping pong mogul.
0: Oh, I did not know that. Oh yeah,
1: she loves ping pong, and she started these ping pong clubs around the country. That's so <laughs> random. So random. They're New makes York her so and Chicago. Cooler. She also goes St. to Burning Liz. Man, I, right? Yeah, yeah. She's really the coolest. Yeah. And we had this like fun connection, and she invited me, and we ended up talking for like two and a half hours at her premiere. I thought she just invited me to be nice, and then she was like excited to see me there. I'm sitting next to her. We had a flirtation going, I believe. Yeah, I was
0: like, did you almost date Susan Sarandon? Oh, we had
1: like a legit vibe going. I think. I mean, we were definitely you flirting. Up with Susan Sarandon. And so, oh, you just Chelsea,
0: you, you almost half winked at me there. No, got I did not wink. No, no. Susan no. Sarandon.
1: Chelsea showed up. I did not. Chelsea showed Why? up at the party. And um, and she was dating some animal trainer guy at the time, and I'm there with Susan Sarandon. And Chelsea looks at me from across the party, and she goes, really, Ben? <laughs> really? And then she joins us and like for 15 minutes, and then left. And I come home to see a tweet moments after Chelsea left from Chelsea Handler to her 4 million followers, at Ben Glebe. Did you hook up with Susan Sarandon to the world? <laughs> did
0: he world? tag her in it, or did she tag her in it, too? I don't
1: think he tagged – th- I don't think she tagged her in it. She wasn't on social media at the time, Susan. Um, but it was pretty strange.
0: Did people freak out?
1: It was just funny. It was just funny. And then, like, then, like a couple of weeks later, I told we told that story. I was on with Whitney, and she brought something up about it, and basically – on air i was like look i'm down susan if you're there i think you're super hot you're a mill <laughs> from beyond let's do it i had to fly the next morning to new york i went to her ping pong club and she was there and did we she ran into each other it? i don't know if she did but she gave me a big hug and then her boyfriend was right there and he was like good to see you man i'll, I'll be back in say hi in a little bit he never came back
0: oh he was trying to
1: so it might have been a little was bit of he a a younger frosting man? happening there my exact age
0: oh she let so she yeah she was flirting with you
1: i think it's very likely
0: well, It's a missed opportunity
1: misconnections, you know.
0: Wow. still we're still probably on the table and she looks fantastic.
1: She really does she's look pretty really damn attractive. good. I I don't know who I'm more I I dude, I'm attracted to Susan's Rand for sure, but I'm more attracted to Sally Field. Really? Sally I Field's f- so hot.
0: I yeah, I feel like my my dad yeah, had like has a crush on her too. I, really? Yeah. Oh. Is she really that? See, I feel like she's in person. Hotter. I, really?
1: I, she's very attractive. Like she's rocking. She's real little, right? She's pretty little but like She's like, I don't know exactly how old down. I think like 60, probably nine years old or something, maybe Jeez. at least 67. And I would 100% do it. She's so hot. and She doesn't have like a lot party. of plastic
0: surgery. She looks all natural sort of, she right? She completely
1: yeah. natural. She was wearing this adorable dress and heels and I was like, or like a skirt and a blouse and heels. And I was like, I'm into Susan, uh, into <laughs> Sally Field.
0: Did you tell her that?
1: No, but I was flirting with her. And that was another party Chelsea took me to. I had a lot of crazy experiences thanks to that woman. Yeah, seriously. And I'm on the second floor of this house flirting with Sally Field. And Chelsea comes up the staircase and just sees this unfold and says to Sally Field, American icon, about me. Be careful. This guy is a real lady killer.
0: Oh, Jesus. It was a
1: very funny moment in my life.
0: Did Sally Field like it?
1: Yeah, she smiled and laughed. But
0: then then she was like, maybe I shouldn't hook up with him then.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Well, that the story unfolds in a whole different way, but basically I ended up choosing to try and hit on Eva Longoria instead of Sally Field, and because and Sally was about to leave the party. I had to make a last-minute choice. That's what I chose, and I kind of regret it because as a— Did uh,
0: the Eva one work out?
1: It did not work out great, but it, it was a really fun story in and of itself. Um, she yeah, the fact
0: that they were the two people you were going for, that, I mean, they're well, not now exactly peasants. I feel peasants. like I have to
1: tell that part of it because I don't want it Short change the exciting part of it. Please do tell it. But basically, um, when that happened, um, Sally Field's about to leave the party. And just as a quick side note, cut. So it didn't happen between us, but later that night, Chelsea told me, You should have gone for Sally Field. She hasn't been fucked in years. <laughs> <laughs> she
0: would have been b- a bigger shoe in. Damn it. In a while, she said, maybe. Damn I think it. she
1: said, In a while. I don't want to cast aspersions on Sally Field's social life.
0: You need to go find her meet up and with her. Again. Chelsea
1: might have been making that up, but the point is. I may have made a mistake, but then like six months later, I was at the Oscars and I went up to Sally Field at the governor's ball afterwards. I was very, very drunk mm-hmm. and it's open bar all during the Oscars. So yeah. I got really Why wouldn't drunk. you get drunk? Yeah. You have to. I was very plastered. I mean, so drunk. I was walking into the governor's ball right along. I looked to my left and right next to me, an inch from my face is Steven Spielberg. And I literally say to him, I'm sorry. I haven't been able to do your movies, bro. I've been really busy. It's
0: <laughs> amazing I'm sure he loved it he
1: just looked at me kind of confused kind of smiled and then kind of just but he's old away. enough
0: that he might have been like oh shit do I know this that's guy that's what like, I wondered some part of bit. him was yeah. like is
1: this some young actor I'm supposed to know <laughs> and he's just being a dick or I don't know what it was but I went up to Sally Field and I was like this is after she just lost for Lincoln mm-hmm. as best actress She's not in a good mood about to sit down at a table with Steven Spielberg and Daniel Day-Lewis and all <laughs> these people and I go up to her I'm like hey she goes hi and I go it's me we were hanging out at at a, at a Jane Fonda's birthday recently. Uh, she goes, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Oh," I thought she like remember and be into it. Yeah. She was like, "Uh huh," and I'm like, "Well, I just wanted to say hi. It's good to see." you. She goes, "Okay, hi. Good do, to see you." Do you and think then she remembered you? She just no, did not remember me. And then just turned and sat down at that table. <laughs> she was in bad mood. Bad mood. Bad, yeah. Maybe she remembered and just was wanted and it was in bad mood. Why were you at the I'm governor's
0: ball and the Oscars?
1: Uh, because I did a thing um i did i was hired by the academy to host their first ever oscar road trip Ooh, what's that angie greenup and i took an oscar from new york we launched on good morning america Mm -hmm. and we took it to cities all throughout the country for three weeks in an rv and we did events where people could get in line and hold the oscar and take their picture with the oscar and we were like the ambassadors for the Academy. So we went on Chelsea Lady with the Oscar too. And like, That's the so intro cool. was like, on behalf of the Academy, Ben Glebe was taking it, Chelsea. Was like, on behalf of the Academy,
0: who are you? What are you, <laughs> what are you, what are yeah, you saying? Yeah, how did you even get that gig? I- A
1: friend of mine that used to do comedy videos with, all things lead to different things events. It's, it's so all about crazy. relationships, yeah. It really is true. As Barry says, it's all about yeah, relationships. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, you know, Josh Spector, who used to run Whip It Out Comedy, we would do silly web videos, then running mm-hmm. Comedy.com, and is now just like the digital guy for the Oscars. And so he He just
0: like thought of you and pitched you, and
1: thought of me and pitched me, and I came in and had a meeting, and they hired me to do it.
0: You Didn't even have to like audition. They were just like, "Oh, this will work."
1: Yeah, it was awesome. And then they just sent me and Angie around the country. We would do events, press in every city, TV, radio, and then these events. But I don't ever like to host stuff in normal ways. Even Mm -hmm. though my game show, I attest, like I only accepted it because like I didn't want everyone to be seen as like a cheesy game show host. I don't like that moniker, like that that vibe. So I do it in a hard-ass way, in a sardonic, weird, sarcastic Mm -hmm. way, and make it my own. So with that, I don't ever want to do, like, PR events for the Academy, even Mm -hmm. though I want to host the Oscars one day. It's a big goal of mine. But I don't want to just be like, hi, here's the Oscar. Take the Oscar and pose with it. Yeah. So I would do really, really weird shit. And Angie was just game for whatever I would suggest. So, like... We would do an event at like Lou Malnati's Pizza in Chicago and I sat the Oscar at the head of our table while we were eating lunch mm-hmm. and I made people in line come up and ask the Oscars permission to take a picture with him, <laughs> and they would like interrupt our meal and I'm like what do you say oh is it cool and they would shoot them and they end them <laughs> up and release them these little videos on OscarRoadTrip.com or whatever.
0: Did I see that you guys lost the Oscar as well on your social media?
1: So like we would do in in Chicago, we also did a turn one event into a musical. I just demanded that Angie and I sing everything and made everybody sing as they came up to the Oscar. We (laughs) just did like really weird shit. And it ended on the Oscars red carpet. Um, We got to walk the red carpet holding the Oscar and they took it from our hands at the end of the carpet. And it was the first we were the first people to ever lose an Oscar on, on Oscar night.
0: What do you mean lose? Because
1: we had it for three weeks. It was our Oscar and then they took it back on Oscar night on the night they're giving it to everybody else. And we were the only ones in history until La La Land got the (laughs) Oscar ripped from their paws.
0: I thought you meant you like lost it on this road trip. Like you guys misplaced it.
1: I meant revoked. Yeah, got it. Straight revoked. Got it. It was a bummer. It's a very heavy people always say it's heavy. It's very heavy.
0: How many pounds?
1: It's probably twenty five pounds. Whoa! It's like it's at least twenty pounds. It's very. It's like gold.
0: Is it solid gold? We went no, to the factory it where can't they be make solid it. Gold. No, it's, no, it's
1: not solid gold, but it's just a very heavy metal and it's plated in beautiful gold. Wow, that's we crazy. I saw them getting made. I have my own Oscar uh, placard that says "Best Actor." I I future dated it. We did this in like two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. So I future dated "Best Actor" for in, in a in a comedic role, or no, the Oscar just "Best Actor" overall. It's a mm-hmm. "Best Actor" in a in a leading role, Ben Glebe, 2017 is when I future dated it, and that's this year, so well, I've got a few you months You could film
0: left. something this year, yeah. but then you get the Oscar in 2018. Placard's not going to come true. Yeah, well, it's point. okay. They, they can redo it. They have the money for that.
1: Yeah, they really can do that. Yeah.
0: They, Did you want to be an actor initially, or was it just sort of like something that fell into place after you were doing stand-up and
1: yeah i no i did i always have loved acting i always wanted to do all of that i wanted to be mm-hmm. stand-up and a host and an actor mm-hmm. and I've, i was a theater minor in college and i studied acting for many years afterwards along with being in improv troupes, and along with like, i was i was in the empty stage theater improv Troupe with mm-hmm. felicia day and kristen Wiig actually back That's before cool. she was ever even like known for anything and um I always studied acting as well. I did Leslie Kahn and The Shop years before that. Mm-hmm. And I always have loved acting, but it's pr- it's the thing that I probably do the least yeah. out of all the things that I do. But I love it. To me, well it's you like... You just
0: went up for a pretty good audition. You could I did. NBC
1: sitcom that. today. That'd be really nice. It, it, it's the thing that I love the most. It's the most challenging to me, and it's the most, it's the most ensemble thing that mm-hmm. I do, and I love the idea of just servicing the story of somebody else and just going and just performing your piece of it. It's yeah. really fun. Um, some other things I do, I really like get to like control like almost every aspect of it. Yeah. I write it, I create it, I edit it. I or or if I don't edit it, I can I influence what gets to be in the edit. Yeah, I just get to influence so much of the details. It's nice to not have all that on your shoulders sometimes. Because
0: you executive produce Idea Test, yes?
1: Yeah, I'm one of the executive it's producers. It was
0: your idea, right? It
1: was not my. idea. Oh, it was not. Okay. No, I wish that it were. Money would be even. So it, they even came nicer. to you,
0: like, and and yeah. offered you the.
1: Game Show Network had put me on their air a few times over the years. And, um, for what? I like guest hosted GSN Live, which mm-hmm. was this show that Bob Guinea used to host. Mm-hmm. Um, I hosted a special for them called Dog Park Superstars 2. Okay. That's, I think Owen Benjamin, Owen Benjamin guest, uh, or hosted the first one mm-hmm. with, with Alora Nativo, and I hosted the second one with her. And, um, and at a taping of Mind of a Man, this short-lived game show, really cool game show that D. Ray Davis hosted, mm-hmm. they got us drunk during that taping. It was the first episode again with Lonnie Love. They were supposed to. Were LJ. they like, supposed to get you drunk? Yeah, was they that like us the to concept drink. of it, was it. The premise was like I want to have a panel where be drunk on it.
0: That's fun. It
1: was so fun. And while I'm drunk in the hallway between like acts of the show, one of the heads of the network, one of the VPs, said to me, "Uh." barry nugent says to me you know ben we're looking to find a show for you mm-hmm. i just thought it was like hollywood bs talk and then like a couple weeks later they called and said it was the show we think would be a great fit for you
0: and you weren't like 100 percent and you wanted to like
1: true i in fact originally turned down i said i would host this conference room run through the only just to run through the game and see if it was a good fit mm-hmm. and i said yes and i forgot the date i booked a vacation for this girl i was dating in, in mm-hmm. new york to go to new york on a rare vacation that i don't often take what, oh,
0: you don't vacation that often? I
1: just work all the time and I'm on the road for, for stand-up so much I don't take like proper vacations well, often. Well, you need
0: to get Away luggage next time you do travel.
1: <laughs> I really should.
0: And you guys should get Away luggage too. It is seriously the nicest, most chic uh, luggage I have ever owned and it is such good quality. So basically what Away does is it uses high-quality materials we're offering a much lower price compared to other pra- other brands because they cut out the middleman and sell directly to you. You can choose from nine colors and four sizes so the carry-on the bigger carry-on the medium or the large for extended stays uh it's super lightweight you can carry it up and down stairs very easily it also glides as a 360 degree spinner uh so it just it's just so you know when you like have that luggage it's kind of clunky or the wheels will get caught this never happens with a away luggage um, the best part is both sizes of the carry-on have a usb charger so you can charge all cell phones tablets, e-readers, basically anything that is powered by a USB cord. I can't even tell you how many times this has like, saved my life. My phone's always dead because I'm always on it. And I don't want to have to sit down on the floor next to an outlet in the airport. Like I can just plug my phone into my bag and it will charge. It will charge an iPhone up to five times. They also offer a lifetime warranty. So if it breaks or something happens, they'll replace it for you for life. And they have a hundred day trial. So you can try it out. You can live with it, vibe with it, Instagram it. And if you don't like it, they, you can send it back for a full refund, no questions asked. I doubt you'll want to send it back because it's awesome. I, it's seriously like the nicest luggage I own. Like I take it everywhere with me. I used to carry like all my stuff in like a bunch of like little bags and stuff. Like even if I'm just going away for the weekend, I I always bring my away luggage. It is my favorite. And I have a special offer for you guys. Um, for my listeners, You if you go to awaytravel.com slash be here and use the promo code be here during checkout you will get 20 dollars off that's pretty awesome so go to away com slash be here and then use the promo code be here during checkout for 20 dollars off you guys seriously if you want to be chic you should get this luggage so you didn't even show up to your taping so
1: or i i had or your the conference room run through i said no i can't do it i'm going on this trip and i turned it down I'm like i'm just gonna go on this trip and then i was at Hanukkah dinner at my house with my family and Eliza Schlesinger was she's a dear friend of mine and she mm-hmm. was there with us and I all of a sudden like had a second thought about it and I asked all of them, like, Do you guys think I'm making a mistake not flying back to LA for this run through? And Eliza's like, I'd go back. Yeah. And when she said that I'm like, like, because you never
0: know. Yeah. yeah
1: she's her work ethic I really admire. So I called them, like, is it still available? And they're like, We already offered somebody else to do it, I'm sorry And they're like, Oh wait, actually I don't know if he said yes yet. Let me see We'll call you back. They call back in five minutes later. They're like, he yeah, had not said yes. It's yours. I flew back for 12 hours in the middle of my vacation. Middle seat, red eye, horrible, didn't sleep. Went in, rocked this hour run through. Just mm-hmm. made it like flow the game really well. I made it very funny. They were laughing hard for the hour. And they offered me, they picked up 40 episodes for our first season. Whoa. Out of a conference room run through. No pilot, nothing. That's crazy. It was pretty nuts. So you so.
0: like doing it now, obviously. Oh, I
1: love it. No, oh, so they brought it to me and I just I just made it my own and I love it so much. We have an amazing team of writers that create most of the tests. I also create a large amount of the tests and I work on every single test. J. Chris Newberg is my only comedy writer other than myself on the show and mm-hmm. he writes a vast majority of like the shell scripts.
0: He's doing my podcast in the next couple oh, weeks. Oh really? Yeah. He's
1: uh, he's amazing. Ask him about the show. He's he's really one of the most prolific comedy writers I've ever met. Wow, that's he awesome. He is so great. The guy R- writes the vast majority of 65 episode season scripts in like m- just like water. He just flows jokes. Then we work on the scripts together and I alter them and write some myself. But he is really great. That's for like the intros and outros of acts and mm-hmm. the top of show speech and the all that kind of stuff. But then all the interactions with the contestants. It's just yeah. me improvising with them. So that's crazy. It's a little mix of all the things I like to do.
0: All right. Last two questions. Um, what advice would you give someone who wants to move to L.A. and do what you do?
1: I guess the main thing that I would tell them is, um, don't do it. <laughs> no, I, I, I sort of mean that. And really, I don't, I don't mean it for real. I don't mean don't do it, but I mean just because you want to do it, kind of want to do it, don't do it. Like I was talking to somebody recently, who was like, I think I might want to start acting. I just love watching TV. I know I love watching TV. I'm like, oh, that's not a good. That's enough not a thing. So yeah. the reason I say don't do it is like this town's full of rejection, mm-hmm. so. You need. You're gonna have, to have a lot of people that are like not gonna believe you're gonna be able to make it, mm-hmm. and you need to be able to do it, even though like when I said don't do it, I hope you thought like, fuck that guy. Yeah, I definitely am gonna do you it. You have to
0: be not deterred by the word now. Big I time. Say that.
1: You cannot affect. You has to be about the work and about mm-hmm. just your enjoyment, and also you have to be willing to and and able to put things in perspective. Well, where you are able to to not. Um, you got to be able to. To not be bothered by the fact that your passion is going to become your work. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of the fun out of it. Yeah. You c- so you have to hope and know you can still find the fun within it. Yeah. If you can't, then you're going to not like it and you're not going to do good work. You need to be able to like make a business out of your passion and still love it. So it's hard because it, you have to take it seriously and it yeah. can't just be the whimsical thing. Oh, I like to sing in the car. eventually everything becomes work. If, it's, if you're going to be good at it.
0: Yeah. All right. So what's next for Ben Glebe?
1: Um I've been on the Today show for a couple of years now. I'm still doing that about once a month. So I'm going to New York in That's ab- about a week or so. I love seeing you on there. Thank you. It's really fun to do that. I'm writing a book.
0: What's your that. book
1: about? It is basically all my weird theories on life. I didn't mm-hmm. really get into many of them today, but just basically how you can like how most of the conventional wisdom in life is completely wrong mm-hmm. and we see things very differently than what the reality is for some reason. Yeah. We like love to delude ourselves as a society. Yeah and as a species so it's just like my ways it's like it's a combination of like different ways to see the world and solutions for some of our like weird problems but also a lot of life hacks
0: Mm -hmm. it's stuff you talk about on your podcast right it's not even that
1: much yes some of it is paradigm shifts Mm -hmm. i'm talking about a lot of politics my podcast last week on earth and i cover how a lot of things happened during the last week on earth which Mm -hmm. is why it's called that um (laughs)
0: It's pretty self-explanatory. Thank yeah, you. I like
1: it. I appreciate that. But um, I don't even cover it, that much of that stuff. It really is sort of different. It's mm-hmm. just it's some of the things in my stand-up about why g- guys should be allowed to drink girly drinks. Mm-hmm. It's about just like looking at things differently. It's how to conquer the cold, how to control your body temperature in the cold.
0: Oh, I like it's this. All these different kind of fun it's things. It's like kind of like a life manual sort of thing. Yeah, That's but cool. hopefully funny. Well, uh, thank you so much for doing this, and tell my tell my listeners where they can they can find you. Tell them about your podcast, your social media handles.
1: Every week I summarize the world, mostly politics these days, but I'm going to be branching back out on Last Week on Earth. It's called Last Week on Earth with Ben Glebe on the Smodcast Network, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store, whatever, SoundCloud. Um, at Ben Gleib, G-L-E-I-B on everything. I'm on Twitter very actively, very constantly, uh, Instagram, Instagram stories all the time.
0: Making Facebook, those videos. making
1: those <laughs> videos snapchat i'm on there mostly just to do my morgan freeman impression which, and which like is very intri- follow
0: follow him on snapchat is that where you are ben glebe on there too yep. yeah
1: everywhere i enjoy those everywhere
0: all right thank you so thank much you so for much. having me
1: rachel it is very nice to see you thank you for the gifts
0: uh yeah they, they were of gifts. What? the gifts of compliments you're handsome and talented you have long you. legs and pretty good hands
1: pretty decent hands yeah all right thank <laughs> you, you. Too, right Right back at you. I don't have good answers. One of you two is really (laughs) solid.
0: Thank you. All right, bye.